1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. I don't know why I have so much energy in my voice today, because I have no energy. I'm still waking up at 4 a.m. every day, including today. I'm taping this podcast on Tuesday morning at 724. This is the sixth day in a row that I've been up at 4 a.m. I stayed awake until 9.45 last night, which is a new record. Usually I'm in the bed by 7.30 and knocked out by 8. Like I'm exhausted. But I was up at 4 yesterday and I had a really busy day. I was on a photo shoot and that's all I can say for now. I didn't get home until maybe 8.45 and like I took a shower and got in the bed and that was that. Because I'm making the most of this 4 a.m. And I refuse to, like, get up at 4 a.m. and start working. I'm like, I'm not a machine. This morning, it's actually starting off really well, despite, like, the 4 a.m. thing. I got up and I made breakfast. And I watched The Gilded Age on HBO. You know how much I love HBO. Like I'll give the pilot, the first episode of Damn Near Anything, a good shot on HBO. Um, But The Gilded Age is... If you didn't watch, it's got Cynthia Nixon, Miranda. She has a lot of lines, but she's not the standout to me. It's kind of like Downton Abbey. I'm not really sure what year it is. If you've been following my social media for a very long time, and you know, everyone hasn't, so that's fine. I used to go on these house tours, especially when I was living in New York. I used to go on these house tours of Gilded Age mansions, cottages, whatever you want to call them. Literally, like the walls of the living rooms are like ornately carved and then gilded. So like layers of gold, thin layers of gold. I think it was 18 karat on the walls. But those houses, we're talking about like 20,000 square feet and backyards that look like football fields, all the wrought iron and like the color schemes and silk walls. It's very ostentatious and it's very um, gaudy, especially to the European eye. It was the idea that like all these um, titans of industry railroads uh manufacturing but these people white people very specifically had all this damn wealth i want to say it was was it rockefeller he has a house okay there's a couple houses but there's a house in in upstate new york that is just oh to die for it's gorgeous but i want to say like at the height of his wealth he had 300 billion and he had more money than the united states treasury Like, that's the level of wealth that we're speaking about. And there was no income tax. That's part of the reason people were able to amass those fortunes and so quickly. But they spent the money so lavishly. So they would build like these, you know, basically monuments. And they had these amazing parties like they would give away diamonds the new money but then there was like the old money clashing with the new money but the old money people had like one level of wealth and then the new money the titans of industry had a whole nother level of wealth it's fascinating the budget on this show they spend in bridgerton type money on this show and the costuming the set design oh and the cgi they spend a good money on cgi too but it's just oh it's so over the top It's, it's not quite at crown level But it's up there with the crown. But these people are spending money. And it looks like it. Um, And the hair. Shout out to whoever's doing hair. In short, it's, it's white people with a whole lot of money and really big egos jockeying for social status. It's just fascinating to watch these white people go wild on each other. It's just, oh, it's so good. It's so good. And there's a black girl. I haven't quite figured out what's going on with the black girl. I can tell you this without giving too much away. There's a black girl who's not in white society but in one of the white households she's not in service but she is employed if you understand the difference she's not a she's not considered a part of white society but she's also a step above the staff for the house and it's only been one episode one really long episode it was like an hour and a half the first episode but they're playing it like the white folks are being What's the word I want to use? White savior a little bit. But there's a little more to the story. Like when you meet her mama, you're like, yeah, you ain't no downtrodden black girl. I'm pretty sure that was Audra McDonald now that I think about it. She's not your run-of-the-mill downtrodden black girl that appears in like a white show. There's a little more to her. So I'm interested to see what they do with her. Because sometimes it is a little cringy. One thing I do appreciate though is that... um. They don't shy away from the blatant racism of New York. There's always been this idea that, you know, the South was horribly racist and terribly oppressive. But like, you know, once you get to the North, things were a lot better. No, it wasn't. Like when the black girl takes the, um, the train to the city, you can see like the stark difference in the white accommodations and the black accommodations. And then this white woman who's like telling the black girl, she's like, oh, don't wait for me. And the black girl was like, I'm, I'm not. We have to wait until everyone else boards before they let us, meaning the black people, get on board. So it's done subtly, but also blatantly. But again, I appreciate that they're not shying away from New York's blatant racism that still exists today. And that's no indictment of New York, because I talk all the time about how L.A. is the most racist place I've ever lived. This large hippie community is racist as shit. That's another story for another day. I haven't had a recent encounter, but I've told you about some of the other ones that I've had. (sighs) But that's how I've spent my morning. Oh, can you also tell I've had a couple cups of coffee? The joys of being up since 4 a.m. What else is going on? Adele has delayed her Las Vegas residency. And she posted a video where she looked absolutely distraught. And I read the comments, I think, even before I watched, like, the video clip. And people were like, Adele looks more distraught about canceling this Vegas show than Travis Scott did about all the people who died at his festival. And I was like, well, well, well. And then I watched the video and I was like, Adele looked, like, like, gutted. This is from page six. She said, I'm so sorry, but my show ain't ready. We've tried absolutely everything that we can to put it together in time and for it to be good enough for you. But we've been absolutely destroyed by delivery delays and COVID. She goes on, half my crew, half my team is down with COVID. They still are. And it's been impossible to finish the show. I can't give you what I have right now and I'm gutted. And I'm sorry it's so last minute. She made this announcement literally the day before her residency was supposed to start. I don't have anything invested in this because I didn't even look for tickets to the Adele show. I remember how expensive the tickets were for Usher. And I was like, it's, I wasn't paying for that either. A friend actually got me those tickets for my birthday. Adele? I didn't even look because I, I was like, I'm not paying for that. And I love Adele. But I was like, I will watch that Oprah special that she did on repeat. That's, that's how I'll be hearing Adele. Um, but tickets for that show were like $9,000 for the good seats and I was like I love Adele. I really do. I don't love Adele that much. I ain't paying $9,000 to see anybody but Jesus. That's like my prepaid money to get into the gates. Adele said that she canceled the show because of COVID and the supply chain delays, which is understandable cuz like I mean just basic shit like getting black crew neck sweatshirts is complicated right now. So I can't imagine trying to get, you know, the things that you need to put like a whole show together. Page Six, being Page Six, went and talked to people who were working on the show. And they were like, eh, it's a little deeper than that. There's a little more to the story. And actually, Page Six is, is citing the Daily Mail, which I'm also going to speak about. Because the Daily Mail had more details than what Page Six is quoting. I think Page Six might just like Adele. They said one of the issues with Adele's residency was with the... um. They said while Adele blamed COVID and supply chain issues, the biggest issues were with overall production expectations. What I'm reading on page six, it says Caesars Palace attempted to make Adele perform Skyfall with a 60 member choir. And Adele wanted to keep the performance low key and all about the voice. The Daily Mail has a a longer list of reasons. Not even might not. The show is not going on as planned. So one of them is supposed to be this clash that um, Adele was having with her, what is, I guess, the event producer? There was a disagreement over set design. Apparently, the set designers wanted there to be an onstage pool that Adele was going to perform over during one of her numbers. The idea was to make Adele, yes, those are sirens at 749 in the morning. It's, it's L.A., So the idea was that Adele would sing over this pool and the effect was going to make it look like she was walking on water. And Adele hated it and called the pool, quote, a baggy old pond. And she refused, outright refused, to stand in the middle of it. This is the theater at Caesar's Palace. This is the same theater where Usher performed. The Daily Mail says the theater has a massive video screen that's very high tech. Adele's team insisted upon an entirely new system and larger screen. This was driving up production costs. And there's um, the supply chain issue. Caesars has a cutting edge sound system. Adele's team wanted a different sound system. So there was a lot going on behind the scenes. So the Daily Mail and um, Page Six also talked about Adele has a long history with with stage fright. So they wondered if, if that also played into the cancellation, if she was panicking before the show begins. The main thing seems to be is that Adele's team and Caesars Palace wanted her to do a more classic Vegas type show, which is, you know, very like over the top Adele. And I've never seen her live, but I'm just thinking about like the performances that I've seen for award shows uh, or just YouTube clips of performances. She is kind of like a stand there in a gown and sing. I think about, like, her Oprah special. Like, there were no dancers. There were three backup singers. There was Adele in a gorgeous dress and some witty banter. And she stood there in front of a beautiful, you know, L.A. sunset and sang her ass off. When you can really sing, you don't need a whole bunch of gimmicks. But apparently Vegas wanted its, you know, Vegas treatment. So they've had some clashes, and now there ain't no show. The reception I saw to the cancellation or the postponement online was very understanding it's Adele people really like Adele but the people who had bought tickets especially the people who were flying in like I would kind of be upset if I had like you know driven over or flown over from LA and then I found out like the day before like I'm packing to go or on the plane and arrive and find out like the show has been canceled I'd be pissed but there were people who were flying from like out of the country like you know Adele's a British singer She's doing her big debut in the U.S. where, you know, she lives. But still, home base was like, we want to go see Adele. They were flying into Vegas. It's a long flight. A good, I would say, eight, nine hours. Like paying $9,000 for a ticket, like if you got it, okay. The show is postponed. As of right now, Ticketmaster isn't giving refunds. But what, you're going to have to fly back to see her again? And, and, stay, and, and stay in Vegas? I mean, Vegas is kind of cheap right now because it's off-season. But still, ain't nothing else cheap about Vegas. The rooms are cheap. But the food, the entertainment is kind of pricey, actually. If you want to do, like, the really cute and good stuff. So, yeah. So, those people, people with tickets, ain't all that happy with the deal. I did see that she, um, she did a FaceTime with some fans that had complained. And were like, we spent all this money coming to see you. And you canceled the day before. Um, and so Adele did like a personal FaceTime with them cause she felt bad or she wanted to, you know, clean up the PR, which I was like, either way, either way, it's a good move, but yeah, I hope they pull the show together. And I hope even more importantly, and I wondered this about Usher too, there is some plan to record these shows, right? And, and release them on Netflix or some other platform. Didn't Beyonce do that? She did like a series of private shows and then released them online. Am I making that up? Because I remember the private shows, but now I don't ever remember seeing footage from it. But that's like the plan, right? Like eventually we're going to see like Usher's Vegas show on some sort of like, you know, live from Caesar's Palace, right? Please tell me that's coming. And for Adele, right? Right? Y'all been following this, the stories about Ari Lennox? You know what? I looked up Ari Lennox because like there's been so much drama Not even that she's causing, but just toward her. People just are really mean to her. And I don't know much about her. Like, I know her music. I know she's from D.C. I haven't heard anything, like, exceptionally problematic about her. But even when I was, like, searching for things, like, I couldn't find anything that particularly that she's done that would invite the, I don't know what to word, like, maybe the level of of vitriol that she receives. Cause like people be coming for her and I'm just like, but, but why? Cause usually when folks come for people as hard as people, as, as hard as folks do for Ari Lennox, it's because they've done something that people just don't like them. And so the slightest thing will set people off, but I can't find anything like excessive where, I don't know, where she's inviting people to like, I don't know, flip on her or not give her just a little bit of grace. Like last month, it was. She was in Ghana. She performed at Afrocella. I heard her perform. I say heard and not saw because I was really far back from the stage. She got a good reception from the crowd. She didn't say anything stupid on stage, she didn't do anything stupid. She gets on Twitter at some point and she talks about like this feeling overcoming her in Ghana. I think she talked about like the about feeling a connection to her ancestors or crying for her ancestors or something like that. And she got roasted online and I was like why? Cuz I feel like that's a very common thing that Americans who visit West Africa especially say most black Americans are descendants of enslaved people if you trace far enough back it's usually from some country in West Africa add this to black Americans aren't accepted as Americans in America I mean, there's 50 million examples, but the most recent of which is Mitch McConnell gives some speech about voting. And he was like, yeah, like, you know, black Americans vote just like Americans, something like that. And it was just like, wait, wait, like, are black, like, why are you signaling out like black people as different than Americans? Like, are we not all Americans? Are we not all paying taxes? Are we have we not all been here for like generations upon generations? Like, what the fuck? But it's one of those. Not even slip of the tongue, like he said what he meant. But like essentially, like people don't really consider black Americans actual, factual, like Americans. I don't ever feel like I'm an American until I leave the country and then like oh I'm like, oh fuck, I'm American. And I told you it hit me at like the weirdest time. Like the first time I went to a club in Ghana, some song came on, like everybody went crazy. And I was like, I don't even know what song this is. I can't name the artist. I don't even know the genre of music this would be classified as. And I was just like, yo, I'm American as fuck. Like, I'm over here like, oh, I'm in Africa and my roots. And as a black American, we often show up in Africa and be like, oh, my roots. I'm going to reclaim my roots and in touch with my roots. And then you get there and be like, I don't I don't even know where to begin because I am so thoroughly American. And even like in Africa, like the number of times they were like, oh, the fair one. I'm not really light. I'm like a, a good, clean caramel. But in a country where the vast majority of people are like Crayola brown, the fair one. Me? Obrani. That's the only word I understand in tree and I kept hearing it in my direction and I was like, "Oh, they're referring to me as the foreigner or worse, like the white chick." Which <sighs> race is not real. Race is a social construct. You move to different social situations, different cultures, race shows up differently. I have to remember that. But so Ari Lennox goes and she she says this very I think typical thing that Americans tend to that black Americans tend to say when they visit West Africa people ate her ass up online about it to the point that she like deleted her post we talked about this yeah and I was like where is this coming from why are people going so hard at this woman and then the other day I was reading she did some podcast on video with um, a South African DJ host podcaster I don't know what the, the right name is. But he asked her something like, you know, are you being fucked good? And she was like, excuse me? What? What? You can see her mind like whirling and flipping out and like her level of confusion, anger, and then trying to check herself because she's a, an artist and she's on camera. And it's just, it was really actually painful to watch because she's trying to be civilized, I guess, respectful even when this guy has just like blatantly insulted her. And so she's like, why, why would you ask me that? And he was like, oh, because like in one of your songs, you said something about, and so she couldn't remember the lyric for the song. And so she was like, okay, yeah, like I did say that, but like, huh? So I saw people reacting to it online and they're like, well, you know, she doesn't want to be disrespected then she needs to like clean up her image and she shouldn't make like raunchy songs. And, and I was like, no, 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 no. That's, that's not how any of this works. No, I'm. A legit journalist, there's a way to ask people things that are all up in their business and that are asking them sort of, you know, about raunchy shit without being disrespectful. I asked this woman the other day she's in a public relationship with a a woman after you know being in relationships with men for a very long time. I asked her this question because I knew it was something that a lot of people were thinking, self- included. And I was like, hey, I'm going to ask you this and, and you could tell me, Demetria, stop playing on my phone right now. And I phrased it that way to, to make it clear to her that like she ain't got to answer this shit. I know I'm asking something that's like, you know, kind of on the line. And so I said the first time that y'all were intimate, I say up until that time, you'd only been with men. And now you're being intimate with a woman. And I'm going to just ask, like, sis, how you know what to do? Because I imagine what you were doing before is much different than what you're doing now. And she thought it was so funny. And she laughed. And she gave me a really good answer that was spicy, but also respectful. I didn't trample on her dignity. I was respectful in the question that I asked and in the way that I asked it. And she gave me a respectful and funny answer, which is what everybody wanted to know. And she gave just enough information to satisfy the curiosity. And then we moved on to another topic, this desire to be like I don't know vulgar all the time and rude all the time if you genuinely want an answer to your question if the man wanted to know if 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 Ari Lennox was you know quote and unquote being fucked right then you could have said you know in one of your songs xyz you said and then read the lyrics to her when xyz happens you'll be fucking right or whatever has xyz happened so that you got the result that you wanted that you sang about in xyz song you still get the answer. You still find out, like, is, are you having good sex with somebody? That's really what you want to know. If you really just want the answer, there's so many ways to get that sort of information without being fucking disrespectful. Are you being fucked right? Like, no, you're trying to, you're not trying to get an answer. You're trying to get a shocking reaction. She was offended, which is what he wanted. She's caught off guard and she stammers. She's caught off guard and she stammers. And the clip ends up going viral. She's so offended by it. She's like, I'm done with social media, which my understanding is she doesn't tweet like that anyway because of what happened with the Ghana situation. She was already like timid. And so she was like, I'm done. She's running around talking about like, I don't want to be on my record label anymore. Like she wants out the whole goddamn business because of like the way she's being treated. And again, I asked, what has she done? I was like, leave this girl alone. Let her just make her music. She and her team are just gonna have to be more careful about the interviews that she does, the publications and people that she chooses. And then also they're going to have to get her a social media manager because, like, this girl is cracking. And I don't say that lightly. Um, I'm saying that, like, people are being really, really fucking mean to her, and she's not the type of person who just, it could just roll off her back. Nor should it. Nor should it. There's this idea that that people become famous Um, They have money or, you know, they're artists or something. And you should just be able to say whatever you want to them or about them. And we're about to talk about Cardi B and Tasha K in a second. But you could just say anything and you're and people are just like, oh, well, they're famous. It's what they signed up for. No, it's not. No, it's fucking not. And money and and fame do not inoculate you from having your feelings hurt. It's not like the force field around Wakanda. Like, that's not how it works. You just have more followers. You just have more people paying attention. And you also just have more people saying crazy shit to you. That's the other part of it. If your regular life, like you got two people talking shit about you, when you become famous, sometimes it's 2,000 of them daily that just want to come for you and just say crazy shit about you for like no fucking reason. And the idea that like, oh, this is what you signed up for with fame. No, you should grow a thicker skin. No, you should stop being jackasses and saying crazy shit to and about people. And we have these conversations online, like in one breath, we could talk about, oh my God, like mental illness and, you know, depression and folks are going through so much and COVID and, you know, be kind to people because you never know what people are going through. But when that same internet, there are people who are just coming for people constantly and you're seeing people crack like Ari Lennox publicly, you're seeing it happen. And you, people don't make the association between like, treating people like shit, them cracking, and then doing crazy shit. This Cardi B and Tasha K situation, and we've talked about Tasha K on multiple occasions. How I came to know her was with those, um, what's the pastor? The one to make baked beans for Mary. I don't know why I remember the strangest details, but she had a video, Pastor John Gray. She had a video that I guess Mary, the mistress, had sent to her of the pastor talking shit about his wife wanting to take her on vacations and make her some baked beans and brisket. Tasha Kay is the one who broke that story and she had video evidence of all of that stuff so you know it, it was an ugly thing to put out but it was also an accurate thing you know there are people who be like what business of it is yours um, and she might retort in the same way that I I once asked Wendy Williams, like, why are you telling all these people's business? Like, why? And this was literally 20 years ago. It was the, one of the first big interviews that I did. Um, and I was at One World. I was an intern at the time. And Wendy looked me dead in my face. And she was like, because it's lucrative. There's a lot of money, a whole lot of money in spilling people's tea. The thing with, with spilling people's tea, right? You could tell people shit. And it might be morally or ethically wrong to do so. Depending on what it is. Depending on who the person is. Depending on what the context is. It's one thing to do it when it's accurate. It's another thing to do it when you just making up shit. Tasha K had some stories. Because again we talked about them on here. And there was receipts. Multiple receipts. People were giving her good information. But it seems that. That the times when she didn't have good information, at least in the case of Cardi B, she's just making up shit in case you have not been following. Tasha K, about three years ago, and Tasha Kay is a very popular blogger. She spent a couple months making videos about Cardi B where she said all sorts of crazy shit. She said Cardi B had an incurable sexually transmitted infection. She said she had herpes. She said Cardi B did hard drugs. She said Cardi B's child was going to be born with birth defects. And she went on and on and on saying a whole bunch of shit that was not true, lying in these videos about Cardi B. At some point, she got a cease and desist from Cardi B's lawyers. She refused to stop. She refused to take the videos down. I think to this day, actually, the videos are still up. So Cardi B sued her. And yesterday, the jury had a verdict. They said that Tasha Kay was guilty of libel. They said that she was guilty of painting Cardi B in a false light. They said she was guilty of defamation. They said she was guilty of invasion of privacy. They said she was guilty of intentional infliction of emotional distress. And the jury awarded Cardi B $1 million in general damages and then $250,000 in medical expenses. So $1.25 million as of yesterday. So there's still a question of whether Tasha K will have to pay Cardi B's legal bills. And then also if the jury is going to assign punitive damages, which is likely. But so at least as of right now, she's at least got to pay her 1.25 million. And this is very much like a landmark case because there have been bloggers forever who have been saying crazy shit about people that it's so bizarre that you like know it's not true. Some folks are like known like Sandra Rose and media takeout are known for saying this over top, over the top, inaccurate shit. Their pages are almost like parody sites at this point. They were once like really, really, really popular, though. I've seen a lot of people trying to like defend her. She's not being humble about the loss at all. And let me just read it from her Twitter. It's at unwind with Tasha. She says, I forgot to thank all the viewers for all of your support in this business. This is part of the protocol. It's really not. There's a, a vast difference between say like a network getting sued because they aired an interview by say like a whistleblower from a tobacco company because their products are poisoning the American people versus a blogger who's saying that someone is, is using cocaine and has contracted herpes. You don't have a moral high ground. And if you are in a situation where you're being sued as a media entity because you got the facts wrong, it means your shit's not credible. And I saw a lot of people talking about how like, you know, it's unfair that this happened to Tasha Kay because so many people do it. You're right. But it's not unfair to Tasha K. Now, a lot of other people do it too. Absolutely. But other people doing stupid shit and also getting away with it does not mean you also get to get away with it too. Anybody who's been caught for speeding knows that. You'd be like, I was following the car that was going faster than me. How I get pulled over? Were you or were you not speeding? It's the same concept. I'm going through my notes right now. I mean, some of my notes are screenshots. It is what it is. Apparently, the punitive damages will be awarded today on Tuesday. So we don't have to wait long to see what the final number is. And there's also some question about whether YouTube is going to allow Tasha K to keep her channel. I don't know how likely that is. Um, I see other people saying that like YouTube has like taken down other channels for less. But it doesn't say what channels. I'm not a big YouTube person in case you haven't figured that out. My manager keeps trying to get me to do my podcast on YouTube. He's like, you have to do video. Like, you have to do video. And I'm like, do I? Do I? They've been trying to get me to do that shit for years. And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know. Actually, the answer is no, because I ain't done it. Somebody pointed out the other day, and I totally didn't make the connection. They were like, yeah, like your podcast is like, you know, just the audio version of when you used to do the the recaps on YouTube, Right. And I was like, I wouldn't say that. Like, I feel like it's entirely different. And she was like, is it? Because you used to start the YouTube thing, like, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And I was like, did I? And she was like, did you not know you were doing that? No. Never made the connection. We have one more topic to talk about. Trey Songs has been accused of rape by a woman named Dylan Gonzalez. On New Year's Eve, she tweeted, Trey Songs is a rapist. Lord, forgive me. I couldn't hold that in another year. See you in 2022. Wait, what? What? You can't just say that and like go away. What? So Dylan Gonzalez is a WNBA player and she made that tweet. And then she went, from what I can tell, pretty radio silent for like another week and a half. And then she put out this statement on Twitter and she says, I'm gonna read you the whole thing with what seems like endlessly reoccurring news of the alleged sexual assaults committed by Trey Songz, I am forced to repeatedly relive in my mind and suffer anew the long suppressed horror and unbearable PTSD of my rape by his very hands at a well-known Las Vegas hotel. I want to send my love, strength, and hope to all of you who are victims of sexual assault and its fatal nature. You are not alone. I stand with you, and encourage all of those who have suffered abuse to speak out and come forward. Suppression of our voices only emboldens our oppressors, and you cannot heal what you do not reveal. At this time, I humbly request my privacy, consideration, and compassion while I fully commit to pursue the best course of action and all my legal options. Gracias, mi Dill, short for Dylan. And she says, please direct all questions and inquiries to my attorney on Instagram or Twitter or through the link in his bio. So the last couple episodes, I've said, like, I want to talk about this Trey Songz thing, but I need to, like, you know, get my information right. Because winging it to talk about sexual assault is not the right course of action. So I found this article on The Cut from January 12th that details all of the accusations of sexual assault. Against Trey Songs. And I was like, good God, I think I'd heard about like maybe one other. There's lots of them. One of them came from Kiki Palmer, which I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. How did I miss that? Whoa. So the cut refers to quote and unquote the laundry list of songs alleged abuse, how it spans multiple years, lawsuits, and charges. So in 2012, Trey Songs struck a woman in the face with a wad of cash, leaving her with a black eye. He was arrested and the case was settled out of court. There's other cases that are thrown in here that are just violent. I'm just going to stick to the assaults against women. In 2017, Kiki Palmer accused Trey Songs, with whom she had been friendly for some years. And again, I'm reading directly from the cut. She says he used sexual intimidation to get her to appear in a music video that she didn't want to be in. She says he proceeded to use a recorded clip of Palmer in his pick up the phone music video without her consent. At the time, Palmer described being so afraid of songs that she hid in a closet to get away from him. Songs denied her allegations. I want to go back to... The sexual intimidation line. The cut links to a story in Billboard that ran in 2017. It says, quote, Palmer voiced her frustration on Twitter when a fan gushed about her appearance in Trey Song's newest video. Kiki tweeted, this is preposterous. How am I in this video, Trey? After you found me in a closet hiding, in all caps because I was so afraid of any more conflict. Literally, my last option was to hide because you all would not listen when I said I did not want to be in the video the first time. This is what Kiki tweeted. Just because you give someone food and alcohol and throw in a little sexual intimidation doesn't mean they will buckle. Yet you disrespected me as a young woman whom you've known since she was 12. You still defied my wishes and in turn showed your lack of respect for a brand that took me 14 years to build and put me in the video against my wishes. Come on, bruh. I clearly said no and you said okay, yet I was being secretly filmed when you told me, let me just show you the idea. This is the sexism and misogyny I refer to because if I was a dude, he wouldn't have even tried me like this. Let this be a lesson to all. I'm not for the bullshit. I'm serious about my business and you will not use my likeness without my permission. When you're in front of a boss, you treat them like one, like I treat you. No means no. Billboard notes that that Songs was not thrilled at Palmer's response. And he said, quote, baby girl bugging, point blank, period. Got my number, could have called, saw the camera and lights, heard action. I don't do this Twitter shit. Girl, you know me, got my number, fuck out of here. The following day, on January 22nd, Billboard also notes that Song's video for Pick Up the Phone has since been pulled from the internet. Yikes. How do I not remember that? But that is not the end of Trey Song's shenanigans. In 2018, and we're back on the cut now, a woman accused Songs of attempting to penetrate her vagina with his fingers without her consent at a Miami nightclub. She did file a lawsuit. She also said in that suit that another woman at the club had confided in her, saying Songs acted similarly with her. The other woman said he slid a hand down her pants and groped her buttocks without her consent. In 2020, there was an Instagram model. She said she and her friend had gone to Trey Songs' house. And he took their phones and refused to let them leave. She said songs coerced her into doing quote and unquote some things and threw her phone off the balcony. Her friend said that songs urinated on her without her consent. They told the story on a podcast in 2020. They didn't say when it happened. Trey songs has denied both of these women's accounts. Okay. We just talked about the woman in the Miami nightclub from 2018 in 2021 Trey Song settled a lawsuit out of court she was suing him for 10 million dollars in November of that same year the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department launched an investigation into Song's over an alleged incident of sexual assault at the Cosmopolitan Hotel I think that's the one with the WNBA player now again Trey Song's legal team denies the most recent allegations, the one with the ones from Las Vegas. His lawyers say Trey and his team are confident in the legal process and that there will be an abundance of exonerating information to come over the next few weeks. That's a lot of people accusing the same person of the same shit. I'm just saying, I don't know what the man did or what the man didn't do. I just know it's a whole lot of women accusing him of sexual assault and rape. Is everybody lying? It's an uncomfortable amount of women accusing him of the same shit. You know, I say that all the time. Like one person accused you of some shit. Maybe you did it. Maybe you didn't. Two people. It's a lot of coincidence here. Three people who don't know each other accusing you of the same shit. i give it if one, two, three people be like, oh, she's a bitch. You might be. It don't mean you a bitch every day, but you may have some bitchy tendencies. You've been bitchy to some people. People say that about me. Yes, I have been bitchy to some people. In my opinion, all of them deserved it. Three three different people are accusing you of some form of sexual assault, sexual intimidation, rape, That's a lot. And it's not just three people. It's more than three over a period of years. This sounds to me like where there's smoke, there's fire. All these different women accusing you of the same shit, bro. I wouldn't want to be alone with you. Last but not least, we got to catch up on some of the old stuff so we can move on to new stuff. Kanye West. He's parading around this. um, I'm sure she's a very nice girl. This mediocre looking white woman trying to one up Kim. And look, I'm not the biggest fan of Kanye. I'm not the biggest fan of Kim. I just want folks to like, you know, get your strategy right. That's all I'm saying. If if Kanye's goal is to one-up Kim, this chick ain't it. The way he's dressing her, the way he's doing her makeup. They've been doing the rounds at like Paris Fashion Week and her makeup. It looks like a child playing in charcoal did her face. It looks terrible. Only to find out that Kanye West is now doing her makeup. Sir, if you want a Barbie or a blow-up doll, just go get one. Making this woman who, she's not necessarily a bad-looking woman, but she's not the kind of woman that you use to make another woman jealous. Yesterday, I was sitting around with a bunch of journalists, and there was a unanimous agreement that if Kanye really wanted to, like, make Kim jealous, what he need to go find is a black chick. That'll really fuck her up. Go find a black chick who, who naturally has the body and face that she and her surgeons have built. That'll fuck her and her whole family up. Like, if you trying to be an asshole, my dude, there's ways to do it far more effectively than what you're doing. Get a bad black chick and take her and parade her around Paris. That would really fuck up Kim if that's what you really trying to do, which he is. Just the strategy's all wrong. Like, sir. I'm sure she's a lovely woman. She went on some podcast and she was like, people keep saying I'm a gold digger. She was like, I'm not a gold digger. My entire adult life, all I've dated is billionaires. Had a black woman said that shit? Ooh. Ooh. The internet would crumble. The cult leader and his minions, oh my God. The internet would die. It would die. On the, It would wither and die. She said, I'm not a gold digger. All my adult life, all I've dated is billionaires. Really, sis? Really? Why people have standards of beauty that in general, I don't really understand. I get Julia Roberts. I get like um, Cindy Crawford. Angelina Jolie don't get... Jennifer Anderson, don't get. Charlize Theron is really pretty to me. But in general, like a lot of people, a lot of the white women, that white people be like, oh, my God, she's so beautiful. I'd be like, I mean, she's all right. I mean, she's not ugly. But like, oh, she's so beautiful. Is she? Yeah. But I'm like, Kanye, I'm like, I mean, you've had some bad chicks. Like, say what you want about Kim and her cultural appropriation, her narcissism. She's an attractive woman. Like her current face. And then not the face before this one, but like, I want to say the third face was a really beautiful face. She's had some gorgeous faces, right? Amber, Amber's beautiful. Even with the tattoos on her forehead, Amber is beautiful. The original girlfriend, Alexis, was a good looking woman. Brooke, to this day, bad bitch. I saw her in Ghana. Even better in person, bad bitch. This new chick? I mean, go get an actual bad chick, white chick. Or go get a bad chick black girl if you really want to fuck with your ex-wife. If you really want to fuck with her. I'm I'm giving you the strategy. Go get a bad black chick. That'll fuck up the whole fucking family. One fell swoop. You out here playing. (sighs) Did you see um, Saturday Night Live Pete Davidson had a response to Kanye West? We talked last week about how Kanye West said in his latest single he wanted to beat Pete Davidson's ass. Old Pete hopped his ass up on Saturday Night Live. He did a little dialogue about Kanye West, the most joyful part of which put on a red hat that said make Kanye 2006 again. And I was like, oh, shit. Kanye keep fucking with people with large platforms, sir. Pete's not Amber. Kim's not Amber. They came with built in platforms. Kim's is bigger than yours. You might want to stop. But if you haven't seen the clip, um, B Scott posted it on his page. It's absolutely fucking hilarious. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on.
0: Kanye said that Democrats broke up black families with welfare and that's slavery is not real. Um, do you know how wrong about politics you have to be for, like, me to notice? <laughs> but, like, Kanye, I know you're like, yo, this is the real me. I'm off the meds. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> There's no shame in the, in the medicine game. Come on i great. Take him. There's nothing wrong with take him. If I ever got on a plane and the pilot said, I just want all of you to know, this is the real me flying. I'd jump out. Being mentally ill is not an excuse to act like a jackass. Okay. Alright, so is there anything Kanye can do to win you back? Yeah, uh, there is. And I'll tell you in a way that Kanye understands. I made this. Uh, make Kanye 2006
1: again. Pete got in his ass. And I can't say anything to defend Kanye because he brought all that shit on himself. You should have kept that man's name out your mouth. Speaking of keeping people's names out their mouth, since I recorded the podcast this morning, there has been an update in terms of the punitive damages that Tasha K will have to pay to Cardi B. The jury came back. The jury has decided that Tasha K owes Cardi B three more million American USD dollars and dinero's. In addition to the $1.25 million yesterday. And she got to pay Cardi's attorney fees. Now, I don't know what them YouTube dollars are. I don't count people's checks. Four million American USD dollars in dineros? That's a whole chunk of check. Tasha K is not having a good week. Sis fucked around. Sis found out. That's the podcast for this week, y'all. If you've not picked up your merchandise for Ratchet and Respectable, please do so on DemetriaLLucas.com. I told you we've got a new merch drop coming. It'll be here later this week. I'm on it. We'll talk again, likely on Friday. I'm going to try. We'll see. I also believe in, you know, rest and sleeping. I spent the last four years trying to make up for what I lost or what I let go of in 2017. I'm good. I've recouped. I'm back. I've been back, and I'm good. I'm not working myself into exhaustion anymore. All right, we probably going to speak on Friday, but no guarantees. If not Friday, then Tuesday. Okay. That's mostly everything. That's a lot. Okay, bye.